Hey, hello, Meadows Church, and thank you so much for joining us as we close out 2023, a year that has been literally miraculous in the life of our church. And I'm so excited uh, that you're a part. My name is Monty. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Meadows, and I want to thank you so much for being part of our church family. Whether you're here locally in the Omaha area and you join us uh, face-to-face or you're an extended family, maybe you're in another city or another state or even another country, whatever the case is, thank you for being a part. So many of you are invested in so many ways. You share your faith. You share the message online to others. So many of you, you invite, you you serve, you're part of a local small group. You're giving financially. You're giving to kingdom causes. In fact, let me tell you what you're giving to or what you've given to so far in 2023. This year, we've baptized 33 people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope you are shouting wherever you are watching this right now. And, uh, and that's not all. In 2023, we have seen 108 people make decisions to give their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. This is the church, and you are a part. You are helping make that happen. Thank you for investing in the kingdom of God. Thank you for investing in something way bigger than Meadows. Um, If you're part of our family, you probably already know this, but it's way bigger than just one church. Like a couple years ago, we planted Crossover Church in Bennington, Nebraska. They're reaching people in Jesus' name, and you're helping make that happen. In 2024, on Easter, we're launching All Seasons Church in Old Town Bellevue, Nebraska. You're helping make that happen. We We are multiplying churches, reaching more people. Thank you for investing in the kingdom of God. It is so appreciated. In fact, today, to close out the year, you're going to hear from Pastor Dave, who is leading the charge at all seasons. He's going to be teaching on uh, stepping into a new season. And a little bit about all seasons, in case you're not familiar, they're already reaching people in Jesus' name, and they haven't even launched yet. They, they're, they're, they're launching, or they're meeting on Wednesday nights uh, in Bellevue at Lift Up Sarpy. That's right in Old Town. And uh, they meet Wednesday nights. They gather at 5 o'clock every Wednesday, have a meal together, so some free food. If you want to join them, they would love it if you're in that area. So food at 5, fellowship, teaching, vision casting at 6 every Wednesday. And they are boots on the ground. They are serving the community. They're, they're doing food drives every week. They're, they're giving uh, baked goods and bread to the community. There's so many ministries that are happening through all seasons already. And they haven't even launched yet. They'll be launching Easter 2024 at Mission uh, Junior High uh, right in Old Town and that elementary school, or I think it's a middle school, but we can't wait. But, but leading up to that, they're meeting every Wednesday. And if you're in the Bellevue area, we really want you to be a part um, of that because we are a church planting church and uh, God is just getting started. So I'm going to pray for you and then Pastor Dave is going to bring a message. But again, thank you for being the church. Uh, this has been such a crazy, exciting year, and we believe God has so much more in store. I don't know what the year was for you, if you struggled, good, bad, indifferent, but I'm telling you, we always say this at the church, the best is yet to come, but the reality is that's only true if you're seeking the Lord. 
That statement's only true if you're truly wanting what God wants. So my prayer for you as we enter into a new season, as we enter into a new year, is that we together, you and I, all of us will be seeking what, not what we want, but what God wants. Because if we do that, the best is truly yet to come. Happy New Year's, everybody, and hello, Middles Church. As Monty just said, my name's Dave, and obviously I'm not Pastor Monty Arsayer. They both have a lot more hair than I do. Um, I don't have quite have the uh, hair that they do. And as you can see, I'm just sitting down, have my Bible, cup of coffee, and my notes, and I want you to do the same. I want you to get comfortable, to listen to this message, and just relax. Put your feet up, if you're still in bed or out on the couch, whatever it might be, a recliner, uh, make sure you got your, your drink or coffee or whatever you need this morning, and just take some time to relax and enjoy. This time of the year obviously can be rather hectic. With all the holiday activities going on, families, work, kids, it's all going on at once, and it can be stressful, it can be crazy hectic, and with it all simultaneously gaining up on us, it kind of makes you feel overwhelmed at times. Now, to be honest, when I was a kid, though, I loved this time of the year. And it had nothing to do with the gifts or the, the food or any of that. It was simply because I wasn't in school. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to have to deal with teachers, with homework, or any of that stuff. So I just loved the fact that I got to be home and not deal with any of that. Now, a little perspective, as I got older and I started having my own kids, uh, that line from the uh, song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, the line that goes, uh, Mom, Dad, can't wait till school to start again. I started appreciating that more. And I can look back and I can understand why my parents did as well, because one thing I was guaranteed to do during that time was at least once I'd get in trouble. And it wasn't you know, necessarily, I was purposely trying to get in trouble, but you know, kid being a kid, I usually did. And as I was being corrected with that, uh, that loud inside voice that parents know so well, I would get, they would start asking me questions. And one of them they usually got asked was, uh, what was I thinking? And I would sit there and look at them, and I usually would reply, or I'd go to reply, well, I thought, and I would get caught off, or cut off right there, and they would say, well, that's the problem. You weren't, you, you thought, you weren't thinking. And I was a little confused, and so I would try to explain better what I was trying to say, and I'd get told to be quiet, or I'd done something really wrong that day, maybe even told to shut up, and so I'd get quiet. And then a few minutes later, it, I'd get asked another question. Well, I was just told to be quiet, so I'd stay quiet, and so then I'd get asked, well, why aren't you answering my question? Well, you told me to be quiet, and then one of them would be like, don't get cute with me or don't get smart with me, and I'd really get confused, and sooner or later, it always ended up with me being sent to my room and me sitting there wondering just what exactly was I supposed to get out of that conversation or what exactly I'd done wrong. Of course, not only our families can leave us confused, our jobs, friends, and other things that in our lives can lead us wondering what the next step is we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do to move forward in our life? And at this time of the year, a lot of times we, we come up with these lists, these New Year's resolutions, and we say, well, these are the things that I'm going to accomplish this year in 2024. And we always come up with different things. And there are some ones that, uh, looking into it, they seem to be more common. Um, I'm going to eat healthier this year, or I'm going to lose weight. Uh, one of them was, I'm going to travel more this year. And I think the last one I remember was, uh, we're going to learn something new, like a foreign language or something. And 
looking into New Year's resolutions, the thing that really surprised me was of all the New Year's resolutions, on average, only 8% are still going a year later, or only an 8% of them were completed. So many of these lists that we make up, they don't get finished, and we end up in the year wondering, what did I do wrong, or why didn't I get this accomplished? And if that's you, and if you're wondering what exactly it is that I can do in 2024, or if you're wondering what steps I can take, especially when it comes to your faith, I'm really glad you're watching this, because this message, I think, is, is, is specifically for you, and really any of us are looking to try to understand what that next step in our faith, in our life, that is. We are often confused when it comes to faith. We're often confused what is exactly that God wants us to do. We, a lot of times, even know what the next steps are. We know what we should be doing, but we let things get in our way, be it our own doubt or our own confusion or our own concerns. We allow situations to prevent us from taking those steps of being obedient. Um, it could be something simple as, I know I'm supposed to serve at church, or that, you know, I'm being called to serve at church. And, but then you start thinking about it and go, well, that extra hour in, in bed it could really be useful with my work schedule, or I need that extra hour after church to get something else done. Maybe it's, it's reading, reading the Bible more often, but by the time you get done with the day and everything going on with kids, dinner, and, and cleaning up, you just don't find yourself having any time. Or maybe it's prayer. You tell yourself, you know, I need to pray more. We all really need to pray more. But I just don't know what the words are. Or I just don't know if I have the right elegance or the right saying to tell God. And, and so we allow these things to hold us back. And it can be frustrating for us. It can be confusing for us. But one thing we can realize, it's nothing new. We can go to the Bible and we can see story after story of people having doubt, confusion, and concern when they were called to take that next step. For example, Abraham and Sarah were told that they were going to have a child. And they just thought in their old age, there's absolutely no way that this can happen. In fact, Sarah laughed about it. Moses, he was told he was going to lead his people out of Egypt. And he argued basically with God, thinking, no, there's no way I can do this. David, he doubted whether or not God could actually protect him from the anger of Saul when Saul was trying to kill him. But when they all finally came to the faith, not only were they able to accomplish steps, they did great things. For example, the, the people that, the, the children of Abraham and Sarah ended up, the descendants became a great nation. Moses was able to lead that nation, Israel, with that first step out of Egypt. And David, with the first steps that he took, ended up being king of that great nation they all finally understood that there were steps to take. So here we are at the start of a new year, and it's not a list that we need. It's not a list of action items. It's a willingness to take that first step with God. That is what we need. Quite honestly, Jesus, he's not looking for a fan club. He's looking for people to follow him, to do what he asked. He isn't worried about the number of Swifties that are following him. He's not worried about the fact that you're in your pajamas right now and you have bed head and your hair's all messed up. I, I used to have hair, so I do know what that feels like, believe it or not. He doesn't care who we know or how we look. He just wants us to follow him. He cares that if we do that. He cares if whether or not we accept him as our Lord and Savior. And for us to do that, we have to take that step in faith with him. 
When Jesus walked the earth, he gathered a lot of followers. And the main ones that he had were called his disciples. And there's one story in particular that really resonates with me. And let me, let me set it up a little bit. Because Jesus had just done something that got the attention of the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. Uh, he had just healed a man that was paralyzed. But before doing that with that same man, he told him that his sins were forgiven. And the Pharisees were trying to understand, number one, how, how can this man, Jesus, say he had this authority to forgive the sins of, uh, of someone? They, they weren't even paying attention to the fact that he just healed this man who was paralyzed. They were so caught up in the fact that he was saying he forgave his sins. So as he's leaving the areas where we're going to pick it up, and this is in Matthew 9, verse 9 through 12. Verse 9 is where we'll start. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, by being a tax collector, Matthew is considered just by about everyone to be the lowest of the low. Other Jews literally despise him for the work he's doing. He's considered a traitor because he's working for the enemy, the Romans. He is bottom of the barrel. And yet, here's Jesus walking up to him and just saying, follow me. No different what he's doing today for all of us. He's asking us to follow him. Verse 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So as not only Matthew accepted this invitation to follow him, he opened his house up to Jesus. And they're having this big dinner. And there's these tax collectors, many, and sinners, many, who are coming and sitting down eating with Jesus and the disciples. Think about how many lives were changed and affected by that night alone. Just by sitting down and having dinner. Could you imagine sitting at a table break, in, in, across from you as Jesus sitting there breaking bread and, and, and talking? I, people's lives were saved that day, needless to say. Those people that were sitting with him, they were the undesirable. They were the bottom of the barrel. People did not want to associate with them, including the Pharisees. And because of this, they came up with a question, and they asked the disciples this. And it's verse 11. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? These religious leaders, these Pharisees, they were so worried about themselves. They, they weren't walking with God. They were walking in circles. They were walking in, in this self-righteousness. They couldn't grasp what Jesus was doing at that moment. Those Pharisees, they were never helping anyone, just themselves. Jesus, though, overheard them, and he had to answer, and he gave it in verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Now, as a paramedic, this resonates with me. We need Jesus in our lives. We all have an illness, and that illness is sin, and the way that we deal with that is by having faith in what Jesus Christ has done for him, done for us. We're all sinners, and we need to understand that Jesus has a purpose to our life. There is a reason we are here. For him, Matthew, he took a step. He stepped out of that tax booth. And I think a lot of us really need to understand we need to take that first step. The path that we're on now or the place that we are at now is not where God wants us to be. And so you, me, everybody, we need to do one thing and understand one thing. You cannot stay where you are and walk with God at the same time. I'll say that again. You can't stay where you are 
and walk with God at the same time. Taking that first step is not only going to take you to a new year in a new season of life, but it can take you to your salvation, walking with God in the same time. So the question is, what is your step? What is Jesus asking you to do? What step in your life are you supposed to take to lead to that transformation, to lead to the internal life, into your purpose? Now, you may be feeling, well, I've tried to do this before. I've tried to set goals, and I've tried to set, do things on my own power. And a lot of times, that's the problem. We come up with our own goals, and we want to do it on our own way. But quite honestly, we need to go to him. We need to understand what his purpose and what his goals for us, and we need to rely on him and his strength for us to be able to attend those. God can do more in an hour than any of us could do in a lifetime. So it makes sense that we go to him to take the steps. That's why we want to walk towards him. When we take that first step towards him, we understand we can't stay where we're at, that we have to move, that we have to change. For example, when we first had the calling for all seasons, we, we, we had, you know, item lists, checklists, all these things to do, and, and we wanted to make sure that we're getting all the different all these things accomplished, and we kept running into these difficulties. We kept running into these barriers, and things at times seemed extremely hard. We were falling behind on goals and these action items, and things were not going as we thought they should. And it really forced us to take a step back. And we took a step back, and we started to pray and think about what exactly it is we were trying to accomplish, and were we doing his work or our work? And what it, we came to realize that, number one, it's not our church, it's his church that we're building. It's not our goals, it's his goals. And so after praying some more and understanding exactly where he was and where we were supposed to meet him with, with all seasons, we were able to change in a manner that showed that action items gave, were forgotten to establish relationships. And instead of goals, we were making decisions for Christ happen. And then we started seeing all seasons build in, in the ministries and things that we're doing take hold. Jesus didn't want Matthew just to follow him either. He had a purpose for him, just as he does for you, me, and everyone that's listening to this. But the question is, what's the first step you need to take? Could it be prayer? Prayer has been called what the, the number one thing that can change the heart. You're having a dialogue with God. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be any specific words. It just has to be honest and from the heart. Maybe it's reading the Bible 10 minutes a day. It can lead to a transformation. Reading the Word of God. You want to hear the Word of God? It's right here in the Bible. All you have to do is open up and read, and you can read His Word. Maybe it's serving at church. Maybe it's taking those steps to help others, to lead them to their faith and their purpose in life and having a servant's heart when it comes to serving at church. There's so many ways that we can take these steps. And the big thing is, once again, is, is understanding you can't stay where you are and walk with God at the same time. Each of these steps can lead to a purpose, to understanding what it means to have faith in all seasons of life. It's obviously a path that can be a life-altering and life-saving event. You may not think one step is much. And, and quite honestly, until you see it within yourself or others, you, it's hard to understand. But let me give you an example of someone that's recently gone through this over the last year. It's a young gentleman that uh, was in the service in the military. And when he came back, he was just full of anger and resentment. He was mad. And... 
he came home and he, nothing was working for him. He, he had an unwilling inability to trust others. He allowed his anger to start taking control of his life. He then got diagnosed with a new medical condition, which just seemed to compound all the problems he felt that he was having. Um, and, and slowly but surely, his family started going away. And next thing you know, he, he was also having an addiction issue. So his life, after leaving the military, it was divorce, it was homelessness, and it was addiction. That was his new life. And as he was going through this, though, there was something, this little glimmer, this, this little bit of hope, this warmth that he kept remembering, that kept kind of just pushing at him, telling him what to do. And he, he remembered it from his childhood. And he, and he, he let there, and he, he kept trying to fight it, and he didn't want to deal with it. But after he finally hit rock bottom, he reached out. He reached out to a local church. And he wanted to come and attend on a Sunday service. So we, we arranged a ride for him, and he comes in, and he started attending Sunday service. After a few months, he started attending a small group. And with that small group, not only is he now attending church, but with the small group, he was starting to share life and, and, and discipleship and accountability with others. And he was growing in his faith. And then shortly thereafter, about a month after that, he started serving here. He started uh, being part of a dream team, helping others with their walk in faith. All this led to one moment where he came up to uh, Pastor Monty and myself, and he said he wanted to rededicate his, his life to Jesus Christ as a Savior, and he wants to get baptized here next February. And, and it, that's something to applaud and to praise, and it, it's awesome, but there was more to it, though. He, he started making amends with his family. He's, he was able to start spending time with his daughter. And he's taking steps to improve his life, not just in his faith, but day-to-day -day activities. His purpose, joy, and peace, a love of Christ has replaced his addiction, his anger, and his loneliness, and his homelessness. He understood, finally, that you can't stay where you are and walk with God at the same time. Christ has known this from the get-go. When he came here... He knew he was going to set the example. He knew what his purpose was when he came to earth. He knew he would be betrayed. He knew he'd be turned over and he would have to suffer and go to that cross. And upon that cross, that he would die. And then after being laid in that tomb, three days later, he would leave that tomb. That tomb would be empty. Proof that not only is Jesus alive, but that he took the biggest step possible for all of us. He gave a path to our salvation, redemption, and eternal life. We can't stay here. We can't stay in the path we, we're on if we want to walk to God. We have to take steps to move forward with him. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, when you understand that he is the one that can give us eternal life, that he is the way and the truth, we know that that is not only just a step of faith, but a step to eternal life and salvation. And if you are choosing Jesus, and if you want to announce that you want to choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to put in the comments right now, I choose Jesus. What is your next step? We don't need resolutions, resolutions for 2024. If you want that life-changing, life-affecting step, you just need to take that next step with God. What are you going to do to move forward in your faith today? Do you want to serve? Do you want to pray more? Do you want to read in the Bible more? Whatever it is, put it in the comments. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to walk with you in those steps of faith.
What is your step of faith for 2024? You probably know where it is. You probably feel that push, that pull, whatever it is that's leading you in that direction. I encourage you to take it. Let us know in the comments, and we'll be there with you, praying with you and encouraging you. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you today. I thank you for everybody that's watching this, and I thank you for those steps of faith that people are going to be taking. I thank you for the fact that you have offered us a path to our salvation and eternal life. I thank you that for Meadows Church and for all seasons and all the people that we're reaching in your name in the salvation that you give. And I just encourage everybody to take those steps and grow in their faith in 2024 because as Monty said in the beginning, we know the best is yet to come. And it's your son's name that we pray. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.